0: Welcome to the Glasgow Baptist Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Erdie Carter. We want to help you apply biblical truth to your daily life. Well, let me make this public announcement just so everybody knows. Uh, Men, do you know what tomorrow is? It's Valentine's Day, okay? Just... So now you don't have an excuse, I just want you to know. Now, you may be in the same shape I am in. Uh, this past weekend, uh, Pam and I have been with the Kentucky Baptist Convention. They do a thing called the Shepherding the Shepherd, something they do every year. We've, we've been attending for a number of years. It's just an opportunity for a pastor and his wife to come, be refreshed, renewed. They pour into you, that kind of thing. Uh, they, they, they do a lot for us. And so um, we went. And I check into the hotel. And I said, uh, you got a reservation from Erty Carter? She said, oh, yes, Mr. Carter, we have, we have your reservation right here. There's, there's two reservations under your name. Is it Erty and Pam or Erty and Melissa? <laughs> to which Pam is standing there. She steps up to the plate and says, excuse me. She says, it's Erty and Pam. Yes, this is Pam. Put Melissa on the other end of the hotel, please. (laughs) I said, uh, I said, are there two Ernie Carters uh, with the KBC? Yes. Ernie and Pam and Ernie and Melissa. Put Melissa on the other end of the hotel, okay? So Pam all weekend has been, we've laughed with the KBC folks because they made a mistake someplace, obviously. And so, um, so Pam has laughed with them. If she finds Melissa, it's going down. And I, and I learned there was multiple gift there were gift boxes coming to your room of of candy and things, and so I asked if I got two. (laughs) That was that's my thought process in that. I mean, anyhow. So, well, if you have your Bibles, go with me to Galatians chapter six, man. I hope you do. Make sure you take care of your Valentines. Galatians six. We're going to wrap up Paul's letter here, and as as we do, we're going to talk about a life lived in Christ. Now. Some of you in this room remember the 80s well, right? And uh, it's interesting as we look back on fashion, we see fashion trends. We see, we see uh, trends in the 60s coming back to play now. We see all sorts of things. So I thought it was fun. Let's, let's look at some trends in the 80s. And, and if you feel comfortable to acknowledge this was you, you can just throw your hand up. Big hair or mullets? Listen, I had a mullet, you know, I had it going on. Spandex was a popular thing in the, in the 80s. Ripped knees, I, I remember my grandparents could not understand why you would buy jeans that already had holes in them. Uh, leg warmers, anybody want to admit you wore a leg warmers? Yeah, I see those hands in the balcony. Yeah, they were like, yeah, bring them back. Um, hang on, it'll come back in a few years. Um, and then neon colors were all the rage in the, in the 80s. Uh, you know, you, you got, you know, those jam shorts, you had all those colors and patterns, neon. Uh, let, me, let me share some things in the 90s. Some, some of you don't want to go too far back. Uh, crop tops were in the, the 90s. and You showed that midriff. Um, uh, most of us don't want to see men. It was, that was a women's kind of style there. Uh, grunge style, which just meant for a college student, you didn't have to do your laundry. I mean, you just, you just picked it up and smelled it and said, it's oh, good enough. Platform shoes girls got taller in the 90s because they kept getting colorful prints and velvet Anybody want to admit they had velvet suits because suits were you know women's suits and velvet was a big deal in the 90s Well in the 2000s we have We 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 seen things come back uh, That were big in the the 60s yoga pants capris those types of things It's funny how fashion trends can can, uh, can remind you of, of something. And, and, and what was fashionable one time, and, and if we hang on long enough, it, it comes back. And sometimes we look back. I mean, I can look back and see my dad. I can see my pictures of my mom and dad. My dad used to have these sideburns that came down and came out like a point. Mike Thomas, did you ever do that? Mike, come down. You can't even grow them now. You, you know, sideburns came to a point. Or, or the big collar. Remember the big collars on the, on the you know. Uh, some of you are waiting for that to come back, you know. Uh, you know, we, we look at fashion trends and we laugh and go, what were they thinking? Why did they ever think that was in style or cool? This morning as we look at Galatians chapter 6, Paul's writing to a group of people about the cross. And for you and I, the cross is something we, we admire, something we wear around our neck, something we put on our car, something we, we think a lot of. But in Paul's day, a Jew would see the cross as something as crazy. Why would we celebrate the torture device of Roman? Why would, why would, we, why would we celebrate the cross? In fact, throughout the the letter to Galatians, there's been this back and forth that's gone on to say, yes, Jesus died on the cross. And you need that, but you also have to be circumcised. And I'm not sure why they want to celebrate circumcision, but that's what they chose. And so this morning, we're going to look at something that, that oftentimes people just go, I just don't get. But if you're a believer and you've trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the cross means everything to you. Because on the cross, Christ died. On the cross, he paid our debt for our sin. We have the redemption. On the cross, he came off, and in the grave and in the tomb, and three days later, he rose. All for love for us. So if you have your Bibles and you're at Galatians chapter 6, let's stand as we honor the reading of God's holy word. We'll look at verses 11 through 18. Verse 11 says, look at what large letters I use as I write to you in my own handwriting. For those of you who don't understand, Paul Paul at this time in his life was, was having a difficult time seeing and 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 doing things in so many of his letters he would just he would tell the person they'd write it for him. but at this moment Paul Paul takes the pen and he begins to write verse 12 those who want to make good impressions in the flesh are the ones who would compel you to be circumcised but only to avoid for even the circumcised don't Keep the law themselves and yet they want you to be circumcised in order to boast about your flesh But as for me I will never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ The world has been crucified to me through the cross and I to the world For both circumcision and uncircumcision mean nothing What means instead is a new creation What matters instead is a new creation. May my peace come to all who follow this standard, and mercy even to the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, because I bear my own body, the marks of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Let me share with you the big idea this morning so you catch up. Here's the big idea. Nothing is as important as Christ working in you, regardless what others may think or suggest. Nothing is as important as Christ working in you, regardless of what others may suggest. The whole letter has been about Focus on the gospel. Focus on what Christ did on the cross and leave the rest of it behind. And so in these closing verses, Paul says, give me the pen. And I want to finish the letter to remind them what it means to, to live for Christ. And so this morning, let me share four, four things with you. A life lived in Christ is first this It refuses to try to impress people in external matters. A life lived in Christ refuses to try to impress people in external manners. Paul is at this moment and he is trying to to, to help them understand it's all about the heart. That that everything they do is a matter of the heart. There's, There's this huge debate going on in the church as to whether or not that Is it about what Christ did on the cross in our heart? Or is it how we live in our life by being circumcised and by doing certain things? And Paul wants to make it very clear. It's all about the heart. In fact, Jesus says this. Remember, Jesus tells us in the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are the pure in heart. Jesus was always talking about the heart. Not not what you do externally. Now listen, when the heart is right, everything else falls into place. But the heart doesn't have to be right for you to put on a good impression. You can have a sin-filled heart and still look good in the eyes of people. And the Pharisees did that quite often. Look at these verses we find in Matthew's Gospel. Jesus says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Otherwise, hey, you worry about what looks good on the outside. You don't worry about the inside. You constantly make sure the impression looks good. You have pride. But that pride is nothing. In fact, he even tells us in in verse uh, 13 why. Paul says, you do it so you can boast in the flesh. You do these things so you can boast, so that there's pride in your life. But but here's the thing. There's insecurity there because the circumcision that you want people to do, it's It doesn't matter. There's nothing to it. In fact, Paul even says, your desire is bankrupt because you can't even keep the law, he says there in 12 and 13. Their whole goal was to be impressive. Their whole thought process was, how can I impress people? Now, before we kind of point fingers at the Jews. Let's be careful. Because the church today still works on impressing people versus having the right heart at times. But there are moments when, when our, our actions and our thoughts are more about the impression than it is the matter of the heart, of celebrating what God has done in the heart. I was in a meeting this week in which uh, a group we— they decided we're going to impress the heart, uh, uh, the applause of man versus the applause of God. And churches have done that for years. Not just our church, not just Baptist churches, all churches. Now, let me give you some examples. Some of you are old enough to remember the Sunday school pen. Uh, Sunday school pen, remember? Yeah, some of you raise your hand. Sunday school. For those of you who didn't know what Sunday school pen was, you, you were blessed not to know what that was. But the Sunday school pin was one of these pens that you would get if you had perfect attendance in Sunday school for a year. And what it was, it would start right here at your, at your shirt pocket, and you'd pin it on. And every year you got perfect attendance, you'd clip on another one. Clip on another one. Clip on another one. I was on vacation with my parents as a teenager. But we went to Sunday school so we could get a bulletin, so we could come back and get our pin. I know somebody who had pins that went all the way to their belt from the shirt pocket. Look, don't I look pretty? They'd wear them on, on. You know, it would be the Sunday morning we'd get them. Have the wave, you know, Sunday school pins. I'll give you another one maybe you remember this um, you used to on, in Sunday school you would have an envelope that you check mark things that you did that week Heard somebody say this week he, that they loved list and they, they were always excited to check mark that so, you know, it's kind of a chest out kind of moment read my Sunday school lesson I brought a tithe I invited somebody to church this morning, you would check mark that then you'd pass that envelope, and everybody would see that envelope come down. Checkmark system. I give you one that's still here for us as a church. And listen, when you're 200 years old, you got you got stories. Amen. We have, if you know if you know where it's at, this wall of plaques. And and on this wall of plaques, we honored those who who gave a gift. And we put their name on a brass plaque, and we put it on, on a wall. And my favorite one is, if you go, if you know where those are, and I'm not going to tell you where they are, just ask somebody in the pew, they'll tell you. My favorite is, curtains given in the pastor's office, by. All that's about impressing people. Now, now hear, hear me carefully. Making a plaque, check marking a box on a Sunday school list. Wearing the Sunday school pins, When that idea came to play, it was a good idea. It was designed to motivate people's heart in the right direction. What happened is we are sin-filled people and we turned it into, I need my name on the plaque, so I'll buy the toilet in the, in the bathroom. Now, there's not one on there about the toilets. There are a few about curtains. But, but again... The purpose and the idea behind it was, was right. But we turn it into, hey, look at me. And Paul writes to the church and says, don't try to impress people with external matters. All this stuff doesn't really matter. It's, it's not what happens out here. It's what's in the heart. It's what your heart Says and does. Secondly, we find in this text the, the idea that we need to uh, only boast about Christ and the cross. Only boast about Christ and the cross. Paul says, I'm a, you know, for me, I'm going to boast about Jesus. And here's the thing. When Paul writes that letter, if anybody could have boasted about external matters, Paul could have. Paul was your manly man Jew. He he kept it all. He was highly thought of. I mean, he was high ranking. He was all about impressing people until he met Jesus. He tells us in Philippians 3 of what it looked like. Although I have reasons for confidence in the flesh, If anyone else thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, regarding the law, a Pharisee. Regarding zeal, persecuting the church. Regarding the righteousness that is in the law, blameless. Then he goes on. But everything that was a gain to me, I consider to be a what, church? Loss because of Christ. He says, listen, if anybody can boast, I can boast. I've got reason to boast if I wanted to boast, but here's what Christ did. I consider all that to be a loss. So let's look back at verse 14 of our text. Paul says, but as for me, I will never boast about anything except... The cross. Now, in, in this verse, here's what he does. He, gets, he just basically points us to the gospel. Because he says, I'm not going to boast about anything except the cross. What's the cross do? It, it's about bringing redemption for you and I. And of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the one who saves us from our sins? Who is the one who went to the cross? Who is the one who took the beatings for our sin? has been crucified. Crucified means done. He took our sins. Crucified them. They're done. He gives us forgiveness. If there's anything we should boast, it's it's that. So what do you boast in? Do Do you boast about your grandchildren, your children? I mean, listen. You may go, I, I don't boast about anything. Here's what we know. From out of the heart, the mouth speaks, Jesus tells us. So let's ask about the question a different way. What do you spend your time talking about? Do you spend more time talking about your children and your grandchildren? And listen, some of you have got some cute grandchildren and children. Not all of you, but some of you. Um, and, and here's the thing. Every time they do something precious, it's, it's cute. But is that all you talk about? Or, or do, you, do, you talk about, do you talk about what um, Fox News or CNN or MSNBC tells you? Is that your conversation for the day? If after hearing all that stuff and decide, well, I, you know, there's my topics, there's my four topics for the day. Do you talk about the past? What life was like before, before your spouse died, before COVID, before cancer. Out of the out of the mouth, the heart, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. What does your mouth say? Listen, there's nothing wrong about having a conversation about children and grandchildren. They're precious and they're great, God-given. But what more does Jesus have to do to get you to talk about him? What more does he have to do for you to spend your time sharing about him? If we're going to boast, let's boast in the cross. Because everything else is it's useless. The third thing we'll see from this text is simply this focus on spiritual things, not earthly things. Spiritual things, not earthly things. The whole conversation in Paul's writing is just a back and forth over circumcision. We've said multiple times in this series that Jews come to this point and they, they believe that Jesus did die for their sins, but you can only be saved. Not through just Jesus, but through circumcision. So you still have to obey that. And for you and I, that may be a hard thing for us to put our arms around. So I got to thinking this week, uh, we have a different thought process in in mind with this. Uh, For the Jews, circumcision is about like what baptism is for a lot of people. Now hear me on this. Uh, both circumcision and baptism was given to us by God. God orchestrated both. God, God set out that we would, we would follow both. Both are, are a sign of a covenant relationship. If you were circumcised, you were a part of the, 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 the Jewish family, the God's chosen people. Baptism comes along and, and baptism now is the, the sign of our, of our belonging to Christ. Both both have their places, both are given by God, but neither one is necessary for salvation. Catch that. Neither one is necessary for salvation. God did not say, if you're not baptized, you're not saved. There's no place in the Bible that says that. And and for those who like to contradict that thought process, I always go back to the thief on the cross. Well, the thief on the cross couldn't come off and be baptized. Well, that's an exception to the rule. So if your father or mother who doesn't know Christ confesses Christ on their deathbed, they'll still go to hell because they're not baptized. Oh, well, I never thought of it that way. See, Baptism is our outward expression of what God has done on the inside And and here the the only difference between circumcision and baptism is is God Through Christ reminded us that we are to observe two ordinances baptism and The Lord's Supper those are the two ordinances. We are to observe Neither ordinance saves us But we're to remember those two things and so Baptism is your first act of obedience. But again, it doesn't save you. And so for the Jews, their whole argument was based on if you don't, if you're not circumcised, you're not saved. You can't make it to heaven. And that's just not what Scripture teaches. Nor does Scripture teach that that you don't make it to heaven if you're not baptized. Now, again, it's an expression of our faith. We, we encourage, we challenge you to do that. But in a few cases, that just doesn't happen. And do I think they're lost and going to hell? No, I don't, because the Bible doesn't tell us that. And so focus on spiritual things, not earthly things. I, I've never known a church who split over spiritual things. It's always earthly things. They get so caught up in matters that in the kingdom of God means nothing. But yet they want to, to argue about those. Spiritual things are, how, how do we win people to the Lord? What are we doing to, to grow disciples? How are we helping children and students Stand for Christ. Earthly things are, I don't like that color of paint on the wall. Who gave the authority to move the coffee pot? those are earthly things. Paul closes with one other thought, and verse the fourth thing I want you to catch is understand the need to bear scars for the gospel. Understand the need to bear scars for the gospel. If we're going to live for Christ, we've got to, we've got to bear some scars. Uh, look with me at, at uh, what Paul says in Second Corinthians. Instead, as God ministers, we condemn ourselves in every way or in, in everything by great endurance, by afflictions, by hardships, by difficulties by beatings, by imprisonments, by riots, by labors, by sleepless nights, by times of hunger. All those things Paul makes mention he goes through. Read the scripture, we know Paul is shipwrecked. We know he's been put in jail. We know, we know he's done a lot, and he bears the scars. So look with me one more time. As he says in verse 17, from now on let no one cause me trouble because I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The marks of Jesus. What kind of scars do you carry for Jesus? Now listen, I I don't think anybody will get up and go, well, let me show you this one I got right here, you know. you know we don't live in the same day and age Paul did we get beat or flogged for our faith but we do live in an era that we lose friendships we lose friendships because we just cannot continue down the road with somebody because of the differences Uh, we, we do live in a world of bullying or or being picked on because you have a stance that you, you, you know the Scripture teaches and you're just not going to give in on that. And yet the world keeps saying, oh, but we've passed that up. We've changed gender identities. We've changed things. We've changed all sorts of stuff. You do bear scars from family members who, who disagree with you theologically to the point that they, they can't even... Agree to disagree. Those types of hours we carry. But the question is, do we, do we really carry in? Or do we just cave in and move on? See, living a life for Christ reflects those things. You all... May know the, come on, Greg. may know the name Isaac Watson. He uh, one of the great hymn writers of his day, and he wrote a hymn on this, this text. Galatians 6:14 is the, the key to this, this song. I've asked Greg just to sing it for a uh, part of it. And, and as you do, let me ask you to, to ponder. How are you living for Christ? What does that look like? Is there a change that needs to happen in order to live for Christ? Or do you see the cross as something that's just crazy? Why would we do that? If that's your thought today, would you just stop and love to continue a conversation with you? But if you're here this morning and there's a decision, we want to talk. Listen to these words.
1: When I survey the wondrous cross On which the Prince of Glory died My richest gain I count but loss And poor contempt On all my pride Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast Save in the death of Christ my God All the vain things that charm me most I sacrifice them to his blood see from his head his hands his feet sorrow and love flow mingle down did e'er such love and sorrow meet oh thorns compose, so rich a crown, were the whole realm of nature mine, that were a present far too small, love so amazing, so divine. Demands my soul, my life, my all.
0: Love so amazing. Demands my soul, my all. As a believer in Christ, that's what God's expecting of us. That's what God wants from us. That's what the world needs to see. From us. So this morning, if you don't know Christ, today we invite you to come to know Christ. Maybe you're here and there are other decisions on your heart. Maybe you just need to rededicate your life. Whatever the case may be, would you stand with me as we